Thanks for tuning in for this episode of the Micro Nellis Show. If you enjoy this episode, would you share it with a friend? Subscribe to it wherever you tune in for a fine podcast like this. And don't forget to rate and review so everybody knows that you enjoyed it and they might too. So I have decided to go in a different direction than the skills that I was talking about. So just so you know, for the past three weeks, I have been down with a combination of COVID and pneumonia. And the way that that came down was I thought that I had the flu bug and I just was not getting well. So my wife says to me, you're not getting well. It's already been 10 days since you got sick, and you're no better today than the first day that you were sick. So I said, great, let's go over to urgent care and see what they say. Went over to urgent care. The doc tells me that I have COVID. So I tested positive for that. The worst part was that I had pneumonia, and I was not go. I was not getting better because I did not have antibiotics to combat the pneumonia. And as a result of that, I could feel the fluid in my lungs. I had trouble breathing. I couldn't stand for more than five minutes because I would get winded because of the pneumonia in my lungs. So I said, great. And he said, I need to do some tests. I tested positive for pneumonia. And he said, I'm going to prescribe you some antibiotics to combat the pneumonia. I said, great, I just want to be better. So he prescribed me antibiotics. Within three days, I started feeling better. And within a handful of days after that, I was fully recovered. So I don't say that to talk about illness. This talk today, this episode is about resilience, about bouncing back. Because sometimes you'll be in situations that set you back whether it is an unforeseen illness in your life, in your body, or a relative's or a loved one's body, whether it is the passing of a dear friend or loved one, whether it is a layoff, whether it is the failure of your business, God forbid, whether it is a, a marital conflict, whether it is a financial difficulty, there are all types of challenges and setbacks that happen in life. Life happens sometimes, and sometimes it throws us for a loop. Sometimes it sucker punches us, so to speak, to the point that we just did not see that coming. We could not predict that it would come our way. We could not foresee that it would come our way. Nobody around us could predict or foresee that it would come our way. We just had no clue that this life event would happen. And one of the things that that we think, especially when things are going good, is that we are invincible. We don't say it. We don't even necessarily consciously think it. However, we carry the mindset that we are invincible. Like, okay, that's tragic that my friend told me that she's experiencing a divorce, that she just got the divorce papers. It's tragic. That could never happen to me. That's terrible that my friend lost his mom or dad to illness, but that can never happen to me. That's terrible that my neighbor, my my friend, 
his business went under, but that could never happen to me. We don't consciously think that, but we walk around with this aura, with this vibe that this could never happen to me. And as a result of that, when life does happen, when circumstances do happen, we tend to be off guard. So someone said to expect the best, but prepare for the worst. And that is good advice. There was a there was a situation that occurred, and I was just talking to some of my family about it. In 2021, so, so we need to go a little bit earlier than that because that's when the situation started. Little did I know that this was going to go down like this. So 2019, 2020, excuse me, late in 2020, it was October of 2020, uh, a I got this idea that I was going to purchase a business, okay? One of my mentors encouraged me to do so, thought it would be a good idea because I'm a young and pretty ambitious guy. So he said, I think that this would be right up your alley, laid out all of the positives of purchasing another business in my industry, and I was gung-ho. So... I said, okay, great. Well, I started to reach out to different people and ask them if they were interested in having a conversation about selling me their business. So some people reached out to me. We had conversations. Like a lot of things in life, it's a numbers game. So I talked to six or seven people. Three were very interested and one ended up working out. Well, that one guy who wanted to sell me his business, his business was two hours away from me. And so here I am, right? Pretty young, pretty ambitious guy. And I'm thinking of all the ways that we can make it work, right? I'm, I'm not thinking of the glass half empty. I'm thinking of the glass full, not even half full. I'm thinking of it full. Like there's just no way that this could go wrong. Two hours, we'll make it work, you know, especially in this pandemic world. People are open to a virtual arrangement. I hear about it all the time. People switching their business arrangement to uh, virtual. People, A lot of people don't want in person anymore because they're afraid of getting sick, all that kind of thing. So I just started to run down the positives. I, of course, yeah, I'm married, so I ran it by my wife and I said, what do you think about this? And of course, I only laid out the positives. So it was unfair to her at the time because all she had to go off of was positive information. She didn't have the potential pitfalls besides two hours away. So she jumped on board. She encouraged me. Let's do it. I said, okay, great. Let's do it. So this should have been a telltale sign to me. But remember, I had this mindset. I was, I was drunk with success. I mean, our, our bread and butter business was going pretty well. We had, we had experienced a better year in 2020, uh, and we were on track to experience an even better uh, rest of the year in 2020 than we experienced for all of 2019. So I was on a high. I was like Abraham Lincoln said, I was drunk with success. Things were going well. And I was like, there's no way that I could do any wrong. So little did I know what was about to happen. So we, 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 uh, we start negotiations with the seller 
And, you know, he's elderly, he's sickly, he tells me his story about how he came down with cancer, his wife came down with cancer. And so they're in, in bad physical shape, and so they need to, by the doctor's orders, sell their business. Because they just can't handle the stress anymore. And so, I should have been tipped off, but again, I wasn't because I was drunk with success at the time, that the, his largest client who paid him 10000 a year because she had him do a lot of services for her. Uh, I, I met her in person and she said, okay, great. Uh, this sounds good. I'm willing to give you guys a try and see how it goes. And if uh, you guys do a good job for me, like the seller has done for me, then uh, I'll stay with you guys. We say, great, wonderful. That sounds like a plan to me. So we were, my wife and I and my two little kids, uh, six and, oh, six and uh, two at the time, we were commuting back and forth uh, between that city and our home city. Two hours away, two hours each way, four hours round trip, and uh, weekly. And so the next uh, couple weeks later, actually, uh, she said she wanted to come into the, the office and talk to me again. I said, okay, what, what are we going to talk about? Again, I should have been tipped off because during our original meeting, she told, she asked me for my cell phone number and I told her very politely, I, I actually don't give that number out, but here's my office number. Here's my email address. And that those are the bits of information I give out because when I told her that I don't give out my cell phone number, her face changed. I didn't know this at that time, but the seller had given her his cell phone number, his home number, and pretty much every point of access to him, and she'd call him at all times of the day and night. She would have it, she would turn in her payroll or, or bookkeeping work, and the next day she would ask him how far along he was on it. And mind you, this, this lady had like three or four businesses. So it's not like it's a straightforward deal. This is really technical work and involved. Well, at that second meeting, she comes into the office and she says, I've decided to go in a different direction. And I asked her why. And remember, there's always, there's always the actual reason why somebody is doing something. And then there's the reason that people give you. Remember that. There's the smoke and mirrors. There's the smoke screen reason that people give you. And then there's the actual reason that people do things. So she told me, oh, I, I decided because of the turnaround, it was a slower turnaround than what I'm used to. Mind you, she had turned in her work and our turnaround was uh, standard, three to five days. And within three days, we had completed work back to her. So that could not have been the reason. But that was the reason she gave. So I said, okay, fine. And so I had a conversation with the seller. And that was when the seller told me, yeah, this she's actually a pretty hard to please person. And then he laid it out about how she would call him at all hours of the day, even nights and weekends and holidays about completing her work. And so I said, why didn't you tell me this sooner? <laughs> I would have had a heart to heart with her and just laid it out. And he said, well, you know, she's been with us so long, our largest client. So 
I didn't want to ruffle any feathers or step on any toes. So I said, okay, great. Well, the thing is, is the understanding is such that the total value of the business has now gone down by $10,000, which means that the total to you guys is going to go down by $10,000. And so they understood uh, and they said, fine. Fast forward to, that was October of, well, no, that was actually November, a couple weeks before Thanksgiving of 2020. And so we, we inked the deal and uh, we were still commuting because we were prepping the office for tax season. And so in May of, well, April, early April, the first week of April of 2021, I call the seller and I give them a heads up. Hey, uh, they've extended the tax filing deadline to May. It was either May 15th or May 18th. And so I'm going to need some additional time to tally all the receipts so that way I can determine how much to pay to you guys, how much came in and how much to pay to you guys, because that was our agreement. And so it was supposed to come in three installments. And so I said, okay. Um, And they said, okay, they agreed. Again, this is the first week of April. And I asked them to give me until May 20th, because that would allow time to, you know, get all the card payments processed and everything come through and tally everything up. So they agreed. They said, okay, fine. In early May of 2021, I received a, a thick package via certified mail. And so uh, it came from an attorney and I said, okay, this, is, this doesn't look good because I don't receive documents from attorneys on a regular basis. So I opened the package and uh, this seller, again, he had agreed to give me until May 20th. Here it is the first week of May, uh, two weeks early, and he's demanding $80,000. And I said, uh, first of all, it is two, uh, almost three weeks too soon before our agreed upon time Second of all, there's no way that the business brought in $80,000. And third, I can't give what I don't have because the business did not bring in $80,000. There's no way that we're going to be able to do that. So I contacted the attorney, uh, Peter is his name. So Peter helps me out. He gives me great advice and we proceed accordingly. He responds to the seller's attorney and crickets. We don't hear back. So I, it was... A month later, I asked Peter, here it was, June of 2021, Peter, what do we do? He said, I would just let sleeping dogs lie. Uh, We don't need to respond. They're the ones who initiated contact. If they want to reach out, then they will reach out. The statute of limitations on a situation like this is two years. So just know that they have until May of 2023 to contact you again about this matter. It's too large of a matter to take to small claims court. So over 90% of these types of matters get settled out of court. So that's the good news. I said, okay, so just your advice is just to wait and see what happens. He said, just wait to see what happens. Don't respond, don't call, don't email, don't mail letters. Don't have any interaction with the seller. Let the seller's attorney contact us 
if that's what they want to do. And then we'll just go from there. So I say all that to say that that circumstance threw me for a loop. I did not see that coming. I was drunk with success. I was thrown for a loop. And I just, that knocked me down for the count. I'm a pretty strong person. But that knocked me down for the count because I was just on pins and needles wondering what in the world is going to happen. Is this guy going to come back? What's going to happen? And so I say all that to say that here we are. Uh, here, here we were and we said, no more of this. We're not, we're closing everything down. We're closing down the office. We're ending the lease because we were thinking about having, uh, having an office there. We were actually looking at different office spaces to move the, the office to because that, that rent we were paying was 1200 a month and that was just too much. Everything else that we saw was 500 or 600 and we said we could do that, but 1200 that's way too much. And so we reconsidered and we said, forget this. We're just going to merge everything into our current office location close to our house and be done with it. And so that's what we did. And you know what happened? We finished the rest of the year and we had a record-breaking year. So one of my, my other mentor who's helped me tremendously, who I can't think enough, uh, he said, okay, so what, what have you learned from this situation? And I said, you know what I've learned? I've learned to do my due diligence before I buy another business. And he said, oh, hold, hold on. What do you, you, I think you've learned that you're never going to buy another business. And so I got quiet for about a minute. And I said, you know, you're, you're right. If I had to do it all over again, I would not do this. I, I would not have purchased a business because it threw me off my A game. It blindsided me and it just took me off the ball. And as a result of that, we did not have as good of a year as we could have and as we should have. And so now I'm of the mindset that I'm going to focus on my bread and butter and not be concerned with acquiring any other businesses. If someone comes to me and says, I want to gift you my book of business or just refer my clients over to you because I'm retiring, wonderful. I appreciate that. That's great. However, I'm not going to ever enter into another deal whereby I acquire someone else's business because my experience has shown that it just takes me off the ball. And here we are today. Again, we finished the rest of the year of 2021. It was great. It was wonderful. It was better than the first half of the year. But I, I, I'm i never going to do that again. So I learned my lesson. And it was a humbling experience as well. And so as far as you're concerned, what is your comeback story? What is the, the situation that happened to you that threw you for a loop that caused you to be blindsided, that you could not predict, could not foresee coming and happened to you. And it's unfortunate that it happened to you. It's even uh, it, it's even sad and tragic that it happened to you. And I'm sorry that it happened to you, but it happened nevertheless. And so what is that that you can hone in on and say, this was my comeback story. This was my turnaround story. This was my turning point story. And this is the story that I'm going to refer to 
again and again and again and again, and not let it define me, but let it refine me. Not let it define me, let it refine me. Not let it, not let it shape me and mold me, but let it, but but let it develop me and let it improve me and let it mature me and let it produce a better person that I could have been before I experienced that situation. Or maybe it's a series of circumstances. I don't know. But you have your story that you can hone in on. And you could say, you know, I learned from that experience. Maybe it was a bad choice you made. I learned from that experience. And this is what I've learned. Someone said it's experience is the best teacher. Someone else's experience is an even better teacher. But when you apply the lessons from other people's experiences and your own experiences, then that produces wisdom. So apply those lessons. Learn your lessons well. What is that story that you can extract the principles from, that you can extract the lessons from, and you can bounce back from, and you can come back from, no matter how painful, no matter how disastrous, no matter how detrimental, no matter how discouraging those circumstances were, what are they? That you can even stack up and say, I'm going to use these not as stumbling blocks. I'm going to use these as my stepping stones. I'm going to use these as my stepping stones to do bigger and better things than I've ever done. I'm not going to let these things set me back. I'm going to use these things as motivation, as fuel to my fire, so to speak, to let to cause me to be ignited and to keep me going and going strong. What are those stories? What is that story? What is that motivational what what is that motivational story that would help you bounce back? That will help you be resilient. Think about that. Write it down. Talk about it. Tell it. Record it somewhere. Uh, write it down. Tell a friend, tell a few friends, tell relatives and share with them your experience as well as the lessons that that experience, that that story or those series of stories and circumstances have taught you. So that way you can be that maximum person, that superior version of yourself that you could not have been if you had not had those experiences. And if you enjoyed today's episode, would you share it with a friend? Rate it wherever you tune in for fine podcasts like this. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss out on a single episode. Until next time, this is Mike Ornelis signing off, hoping you live less taxing.